Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Malcast. This will be episode number 40. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about the new COVID mandates that we've been seeing from mass to vaccine passports. And um, before we get started tonight, I would like to apologize for those of you who tuned in for our very brief episode uh, last night. Um, fragilit- fragilitis, thank you for the follow. Um Patrick was not feeling well, and um, he is the expert in uh, this topic, at least when it comes to leading it. I am not, so I wanted to wait so we can get Patrick's uh, big brain, big, big wrinkly brain in on this conversation. So tonight with us, we have Jessica and Patrick Redmond successfully here. And uh, before we get started, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, put them in the chat, and we'll get to them throughout. If you're on Twitch, give us a nice little follow. Um, and if you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, and definitely please share our videos. It goes a long way to getting our voices out there. And um, at the end of the day, who doesn't want to hear us? So I'm, I'm sure Pat- a lot of people don't want to hear what we're going to talk about today because I'm here to expose just uh, it, through through my education. I learn a lot of things. I learn a lot about tactics, particularly as well. Uh, usually, in historical content, uh, con con. Uh, historical uh connotation i can't remember the exact word i was going to use there uh context context there you go uh so it's not like they're breeding us to be activists but they're saying this is how things were done um and you also tend to learn a lot necessarily speaking when it comes to you know the history rhyming and repeating itself so today we want to talk about vaccine passports and along with that comes a lot of really fun and enjoyable uh, ideas and and <laughs> we can use vaccine passports to kind of show exactly where things are headed and how we can expect to fight back against tyranny and how do we how do we fight back against you know uh, encroachment of power ignoring the supreme court ignoring the legislature and all kinds of things so Jessica I want to ask you a question what are your thoughts on vaccine passports <laughs> well, first we should probably or are you a dirty unvax uh, you know, imbecile that you know isn't sophisticated enough to go to Barack Obama's birthday party. Ah, uh, I well, say. Let's define vaccine passport first. Well, no, I, I want to. Let's see what Jess has to say first, and then okay. we'll define it. Uh, okay. That's, okay. You can define, I mean, you can define it yourself. Whatever. What definition are you comfortable with? Uh, in our brief episode yesterday, I sort of talked about what my understanding of it is. Basically, it's just basically like records of your vaccine that you then use to go to work or get into a public place when they require you to be vaccinated or that kind of thing. Um, And personally, it seems, well, one of the things James briefly brought up yesterday was just the fact that that is basically just asking everyone to give away their health information and their health records. Um, it's sort of this in my mind it's sort of the same thing as going up to a woman who's a little bit bigger and being like hey are you pregnant um it's the same thing of like oh hey are you vaccinated except you actually have to have proof um and so it's it's just and, and the thing is it's not not happening right yeah it, it may not be happening in your community right now you might be saying this is insane nobody's going to do that it's happening in france people are just walking like police officers just walking up uh and just saying hey show me your vaccine passport effectively they have uh, they have on an app uh which is what new york's doing with the excelsior pass as well but mm-hmm. just want yeah. to just want to throw that out there it's not like well, it's not happening it's already yeah. started 
Well, and it just blows my mind because I mean, for the longest time, there have been there's been this debate about vaccines. I mean, obviously, there's those like anti-vaxxers, and then there's people who re- get the regular flu shots, and then people obviously have different feelings about the different vaccines of whether or not to get them. It depends on if it's a live virus or not, and so there's just all these feelings and all these different thoughts that go into whether or not you get vaccinated. And this passport basically makes it like you don't have a choice. If you want to live a normal life and you want to be like everyone else, you have to be vaccinated. You have to get the shot. You have to be injected with this virus. Um, And my biggest concern is just those people that can't physically get vaccinated, whether they have some illness that prevents it or, um, I mean, a variety of other reasons. It's like, what are they supposed to do? They're just not not supposed to be able to go to public places or they're... Are, are they to be ostracized from society because of a medical condition that prevents them from getting the vaccine? Well, not to mention that this is already a way to segregate people in society. You're segregating the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And by making it a requirement, there's therefore going to be this natural negative stigma towards the people that aren't vaccinated. So what's going to happen is either there's just going to be these people that are shamed for not being vaccinated and they just have to live with it. Or they're shamed for not being vaccinated. So then they have to then give more of their health information to explain why they can't get vaccinated. And so it just seems like it's just basically. I mean, it's a, it's a clear violation. Yeah, of it's, laws as it's well. just like, you know, you're not. And, and, and this is what this is what blows my mind. Um, and I'll get into a couple of the arguments that I've heard. Um, I don't argue with people anymore. I just listen. And I go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> or, or I troll them because. There's no point, in my opinion, there's no point arguing anymore right now. Everything's just so polarized and there's not a whole lot that you can do to help someone shift their opinions. And we're going to be getting into exactly how people's opinions change or exactly how activists work in just a little bit. But when it comes to the vaccine passport, the same people that are promoting the vaccine passports, for example, a lot of Democrats in Illinois are a big fan of vaccine passports. They also are a big fan of a recent law that was passed that required, or sorry, that decriminalized, I think, is the proper term here. And you guys can correct me in the comments below if I get any of the minutiae wrong on this bill. But the gist of it effectively is that you can no longer be prosecuted for failing to disclose your HIV status to individuals. So you don't have to, like, previously, if you were aware that you had HIV or AIDS, which is a highly communicable um, sexually transmitted illness or sexually transmitted disease for those of you who are older than 15 years old, um, uh, because they change all these terms all the time to make someone feel better about themselves. But if you have that, you were legally required to disclose that to any sexual partner prior to engaging in any sexual act. You were legally required. And I think that that's a good thing, honestly, because you should be notified, hey, I have this disease that will most likely ruin your life if you have sex with me. Am I worth it? You know, <laughs> like that's, that's kind of that's kind of the argument. Uh, but the people that are against the disclosure of that information and want to decriminalize knowingly trashing on HIV and AIDS, they also want to require this vaccine passport. And it seems incongruous to me. I mean, it's also the same kind of people that are like, "My body, my choice." Except when it comes to vaccines, you're gonna you're gonna inject what I tell you to inject in your body, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, whatever, the argument, whatever argument's convenient at the time. Yeah, and, and obviously those are terrible arguments, and those are not necessarily what I want to represent here. I want to represent some of the best arguments that I've heard. Personally, the best argument I've heard is I'm sure all of us have gotten certain vaccines in order to go to public school. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, we've all gotten the, I, I think the HPV vaccine. Uh, we've probably all gotten the polio vaccine. I think we've all gotten the MMR vaccines, measles, mumps, and rubella, something like that. I'm sure I'm pronouncing some of those wrong. But the, the important part is that we've all gotten vaccines to go to school and none of us batted an eye at that. There have been certain carve outs for certain religious or moral or ethical considerations regarding vaccines. Certain religious groups are not okay with the injection of, for example, other people's blood, not necessarily saying that that's what's going on with vaccines, but it, it and, and anesthesia, uh, anesthesia, what's the word for, I can't pronounce that. Anesthesia. Anesthesia. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, like there's a variety of medical and ethical questions that there have been carve outs for in the past, but generally speaking, you are required to have such and such vaccine and you in order to go to public school to prevent the spread and effectively remove smallpox and polio for the most part, right? Which I think we all would say is a good thing. And we don't bat an eye at that. I think that there's a couple differences here that legally we need to take into account. Number one, legally, a minor has less rights than an adult, just legally. They can, there's a lot of things minors cannot do that adults can do. And this is carved out in the law. There are specific things also, but with, with the lack of rights comes with the lack of responsibilities. So for example, if I'm 13 years old and I assault someone with a hockey stick, my parents are liable for that. I'm not, I'm 13 years old. I don't know any better, but if I'm 18 and I do that, well, then I'm liable for that because I'm an adult. Also, when you're 13, you do not have the right to refuse these vaccines if your parents are giving them to you or that you're required by the school. Whereas if you're 18, you do actually have a right to refuse this. Now you can still suffer consequences. For example, you cannot be allowed in a school school system for certain actions that you can take, which we usually don't bat an eye at as well. So I'm trying to present the best case for, for the vaccine passport because people are saying, well, we don't bet an eye at these vaccines in these certain settings. Why is it that much of a, an issue to have these vaccine passports to go to a supermarket, to go to a theater where you might be talking or breathing on people for longer than, I think the viral load now is what, down to six minutes you have to, to be around someone in order to catch COVID. And those are good points. However, like I said, there's a couple issues. No, uh, the first thing I said was that there's different legal rights between children and adults. Second of all, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, polio, smallpox, chickenpox, even these are all less or more deadly. Rather, these are all more deadly than the flu. The flu is not a mandated shot as far as I'm aware. Now there might be some school systems where it is, but at least where I went to, it wasn't mandated. We all got it anyway, because why not? I mean, right? Yeah. Like it, who wants to it, get the flu? I mean, who wants to get the flu? And it's also, when it comes to the flu on effect on children, it is more deadly than COVID. So we have to put all this into perspective. The COVID shot for children, like there is, now this is comparing like seven over 1 million to six over 1 million, right? It's not like either one of these are likely to happen. Now, granted, everyone wins a lottery, or, or not everyone, one person wins a lottery every time that it's run, right? So someone's going to get it, but the likelihood of that happening is very low. But still, that considered, there have been more cases, as far as I'm aware, that where there's been a negative reaction from a minor taking the shot than necessarily from COVID, uh, if you compare size of, of groups, right? Uh, more people have been exposed to COVID than they have been to the shot. So you can say, oh, well, there's been 40 kids that here have had you know, a, a negative reaction to COVID, you know, hospitalization, death. Whereas there's only like 18 that have had response to the shot. 
but you have to look at the sample size for each of those and you see that it's slightly worse to get the shot than it is to get COVID. But again, we're comparing millionths of a percent, you know, like it's not that much. So it's kind of a crapshoot either way. Regardless, because of all these, these differences that I'm mentioning between these shots that we mandate for school children and this shot that we're thinking of mandating for everybody, for any situation, I think that there is enough difference there to say, I get this argument and I can hold this argument for students and for kids, but I cannot hold it for adults because again, the legal difference, the difference in the vaccine itself, the difference in the, um, the, the disease itself, the difference in the scenario itself. In school, you're around other children for eight hours or more or less, depending on where you go. If I go to the supermarket, Jess knows this, I'm in there in 10 to 15 minutes and I'm out. I don't want to spend any more time in the supermarket than I want to. She wants to look at all the different types of butter. That's her decision. I'm in and out. Now, granted, that's enough time to spread COVID. If I'm following behind someone the whole time, breathing down their neck, absolutely. I don't know anyone that does that. And if you do do that, get the heck out of my supermarket. You're creepy. I don't care. And and also, like Jess was saying, it's a violation of HIPAA. If, you know, for example, there's a lot of people that actually can't get the shot for a variety of reasons. Uh, people in cancer remission can't get the shot. They have com uh, compromised immune systems. People with HIV and AIDS, I'm pretty sure can't get the shot because they have a compromised immune system. And, you know, they have to be a lot more careful. So there's just a whole host of issues, I think, that present themselves that don't equate these two arguments. I, and that's, and I just spent this 10 minutes trying to take down, I think, the strongest argument for why vaccine passports should be a thing. Where well, and I just want to point out that by requiring a COVID shot, even just in schools, um, is equating COVID to the same as, at the same deadliness as as polio and mumps and measles and everything. And so uh, once again, it's adding that extra fear factor to COVID is like, oh yeah, this this shot is required because it's just as bad as if you got polio. It's and, not, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, especially exactly. for kids, especially for kids. Like that's and, the biggest deal for me. Well, yeah. And then on top of that, by then requiring it for everybody, then makes it say, hey, you know, all these uh, vaccines we require for kids that you're not necessarily required to have as an adult. Yeah, COVID is way worse than all of those. So bad that but we're going to make sure that, everybody that has They're only required for kids if they go to public school or certain other private schools and such like that. Like, they're not required for all kids. It's just yeah, in order exactly. to get so into school, still, you have again, to have it's these just, vaccines. It's putting COVID as basically like the deadliest disease on the earth. Like, this is the thing you need to protect yourself against the most. Yeah, and which is not. And yeah, even, based even on looking the facts, at all, all of the, if you look at the death rate right now, uh, I think it's diabetes, heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's, obesity. all of these other conditions, <laughs> obesity. Well, yeah, we all know obesity, <laughs> but that causes diabetes and heart disease as well. But all of these other conditions are way worse and nobody cares about them because it's not, it's not fear porn right now. And, <laughs> and that I think is the, is the big, is the big issue. And my argument for, that we don't, we shouldn't have vaccine passports is I think that it is the next step in a line of having everyone's information digitalized and easily accessible to hackers. I think it's next step in the line of tyranny. You want to pull up that Joe Rogan uh, article 
James? Yes, I can. So uh, I think that he absolutely is right. It moves us closer to dictatorship because there are going to be people who will not take the vaccine. And for a variety of reasons, ethical, they could say, oh, well, it's an experimental drug as yet to be FDA approved. It makes me you know, uncomfortable. They could be from a uh, you know, black community and they could say, hey, listen, I remember the Tuskegee experiment, not the Tuskegee Airmen, Joe Biden, but the Tuskegee experiment. I don't want to do any of this stuff because it might make me infertile for whatever reason, right? Uh, would not saying that it would, but this could be the stuff that's going through people's minds. And by yelling at them, by bringing out random TikTok stars to try to talk to these people, it's not going to get anywhere. Addressing them as adults and saying, hey, listen, I understand. It's fine, you know, for the most part. We've had a couple of breakthrough cases with this vaccine, but for the most part, it's fairly safe. It has been tested. It just hasn't been FDA approved because the government sucks, you know, and, <laughs> but the thing is our health officials have been wrong about everything, every turn, every step of the way they're wrong. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear three masks. No, if you wear two masks, you're an idiot. It don't, you don't have to wear a mask to get vaccinated. Now you have to wear a mask to get vaccinated. You know, like, and that's just the masks The the lockdowns have objectively been a mistake by any metric that you want to look at that's objective and not just my subjective feelings. But I think one of the important things that Rogan brings up is our more libertarian kind of perspective in this country. And the idea that we have achieved greatness, which we have, I'll argue with anyone who says America isn't great. We have achieved greatness because we've allowed people to pursue their interests and pursue their freedoms. And freedom is not necessarily doing whatever you want to do. It's the right to do what you ought to do in a lot of ways. And I think Rogan is elucidating that in this article himself. James, you want to take us through it? Uh, yeah. So what exactly want we talk about here? Um, I mean, we can just talk about uh, his comments and we can just go through them. Um, yeah, so... I'll, uh, I'll start reading here. Rogan criticized Lemon for talking openly about a future where those with the vaccines were able to, quote, do what they want and go wherever the heck you want to go, according to the New York Post. <laughs> he went on to say that only dumb people would accept these rules, especially in the U.S., which, in his term, became the greatest superpower the world has ever known through, quote, experimenting in self-government that actually worked. And how did it do that? It did it through, th through freedom, he told his listeners. Um... That's I fine. Think. I mean, we can we can work from there. I mean, yeah. The, the idea that the idea that these people are telling you the truth is, if you've been paying attention, which I know most Democrats aren't. So I'm talking to independent centrists and people on the right. That Democrats, you guys can just turn this off because I know you're not going to pay attention anyway. But um, the the thing is, these people have been lying to you the whole way. They said we're not going to lock down the country. We're going to lock down the, vac the the virus. Okay. Well, now they're saying lockdowns again. If you get the vaccine, you have to wear a mask. Well, now apparently you do, right? The every single there's no lab leak. Oh no, now there's a lab leak. A and then they shut down people who disagreed with them. Every step of the way, they have either lied, misled, or spread misinformation. Just objectively speaking, you can look anything they were saying this time last year. Oh, and, and there's also that graphic that's like, oh, well, these protests don't spread COVID, but these do, even though these are twice the size of these. Doesn't matter. Because there's some BS argument that these ones were scaring people into their houses, which is like, okay, number one, these protests are scaring people. I don't think that's a good thing. First of all, like, sure, protesting should make you maybe uncomfortable if you're opposed to it, but it should not be terrifying you to the point where you're sitting with a shotgun pointed at your door because you're afraid someone might barge it down or burn your house to the ground. Number two, you're wrong. <laughs> these, 
they, these could have been spreading COVID, but because these health officials are so corrupt, they said you cannot ask someone when you're tracing them if they have COVID, if they've been to a protest. This is very common in New York. This is what was going on there. And we also saw a huge spike in New York. But the, the yeah. thing is- And this, this specifically yeah, is in reference to last year um, when the BLM riots broke out. Yeah, the summer uh, of hate. Yes. Um, all of the news articles came out. Oh, this, these aren't spreading COVID. These are actually helping prevent COVID because like Patrick said, people are too scared to come out onto the, you know, come out in public. And even then though, those, even though we know that COVID spreads mostly indoors. Yeah. Like that's the thing as well. But I, I can guarantee you Lala, we're going to have a lot of cases from Lala because people are constantly around each other. And don't tell me you, that you think every single one of those people are vaccinated. There's no way. And apparently we have Delta breakthrough anyway. Nobody was wearing a mask. So since the masks aren't there to protect you, you must be getting COVID, right? But, and this is just the thing. People are like, oh, just get the vaccine passport because then it'll be fine. If you look at the way that this pandemic has progressed, you see, don't, you don't have to wear a mask. You can do whatever you want. Oh, we have to lock down for 15 days to slow the spread. Now it's a month. Now it's, you know, now we're on what, a 530 or something like that. It's been about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's something insane like that. Um, you know, oh, no, oh, it's just, just, it's a voluntary vaccine. You do not have to get it if you don't want to. Now we're mandating it. And not only are we mandating it, we will, in some cases, arrest you and then force it onto you. And then in other cases, we're not going to allow you in public spaces. If you think the vaccine passport is the last step on the slippery slope where we're going, then I, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. And I'm excited to make millions of dollars off of your donut. Because, well, this, Patrick, this is Patrick. just how it's going to work. I want to, so you, you bring up a good point. So they've been slow walking us the entire way. And oh, absolutely. It's a frog, I in, want, a frog in a boiling pot. That's yeah. exactly what it is. I want to focus specifically on some of the arguments I've been seeing, some of the articles I've been seeing recently with these breakthrough cases when it comes to COVID-19 saying that, and what, what have they said all along with the vaccine? The vaccine is not a guarantee that you cannot catch COVID. It does not yeah. make you immune. It makes it to where the symptoms are minor or non-existent. Exactly, exactly. So then, and then they, they turn around and say, the argument for everyone to get vaccinated <laughs> is to prevent the spread of COVID. If you can spread when you're asymptomatic and you can, and you can still contract it if you're vaccinated, then that argument doesn't hold weight. The yeah. argument for people to get vaccinated has always been herd immunity. There are people who just cannot get a vaccine because their immune they have a bad immune system. They've got other uh, illnesses that would cause that would cause problems. I, I sorry, I got distracted by the chat. No, um, with if they were to get the vaccine and they might die as a result or you know have other debilitating side effects. So everyone wants to get the vaccine so that those people are protected. That's how we eradicate a virus. But if the vaccines don't actually prevent the virus from spreading to the vaccinate, to, to vaccinated people, then it's only benefiting the person who is vaccinated, not the unvaccinated. And please, you know, YouTube, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I have that the argument that I've heard time and time again is that it just reduces the symptoms. I love how Travis is crawling behind you like we can't see him. I know. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's actually on his belly now crawling. <laughs> anyway, but no, anyway. no, and, and James, James, you're absolutely right. But but this is this is where the skepticism skepticism comes yeah. from, though. Well, the so skepticism like, comes from the fact that we can't trust anyone in the government right now, and they refuse to admit that they've lost all all credibility. Like that's the problem. All of the public health officials, all of the politicians, Trump included, 
have lost credibility when it comes to this virus because they have consistently misled us. They've consistently only cared about one thing, and that is maintaining power. That is the only reason any of this stuff is going on. And I'm going to tell you straight now, this time last year, I was on board. I was like, or well, actually a month ago this time last year, because right after the summer, right, right when the summer of hate started, I was like, nah, I'm done because I can see the double standard now very clearly or the hierarchy. But the the idea is they want to maintain power, which is why we saw them loosen up because they're like, oh, okay, you know, everyone's listening to us again. So we're going to make it so it's like you can either mask or mask. You don't have to wear a mask if you have the vaccine. And then they're like, oh, okay. And then everyone just took the mask off because you have the people that say, I'm going to risk it because I'm an American. That's what we do. And then you have the people who say, well, I'm going to get the vaccine. It's not that big of a deal for me. So I'm going to, or, or I need it, right? Uh, I'm, so I'm going to get the vaccine. And there's the two groups of people and they can coexist just fine. It's the freaking power structures and the politicians and the leftists and the progressives that are currently running everything in the country, like the culture, the policy, uh, the politics, the economics, the businesses, everything like that. They are trying to maintain power. So what they do is they pit the two groups against each other. They make, let's say, James, for whatever reason, I'm unvaccinated, you're vaccinated. Not saying that that's necessarily the case, but let's say that it is. And you have to wear a mask now, even though you got the vaccine, hoping that you would take the mask off. You're now going to get angry at me mm-hmm. because I won't vax, you know. And so, I mean, they're just against each other. And I think they're idiots. layer. Yeah, it's another layer yeah. of identitarian politics, just creating new tribes and forcing people to, to argue with each other. And I do want to I do want to be clear, though, like there's there's a difference between being wrong about something um and very clearly constantly changing the narrative to maintain your dominance so yeah i understand you know the beginning we you know we don't it's a novel virus we don't know everything about it we're gonna get stuff wrong you know like that's why i've always i said i've said and i will still say that the whole you know shut everything down for 15 days to slow the spread so that we can catch back up learn more about the virus that made sense and i'm gonna i i I stick to that but then we as we learn more we should adopt and you know adapt our policy and change but instead we're not we've we've not moved towards doing the things that we know work we maintain no feedback loop there's zero there's zero it's a closed system of information at this point we are Mm -hmm. still operating the public policy itself is operating off of information that we got last March. That's it. No new information has entered except for the fact that a vaccine is available. That's it. They're still saying the same crapola that they've been saying this whole time. But here, let's let's move the conversation along. Let's go to the mandating vaccines uh, amid a worker shortage article because this is a big problem. And people don't. I don't think people understand this because, uh, however, and this is my my thing to the people who still think vaccine passports are a good idea. However strong you feel in it, people who disagree with you at this point feel just as strongly. And they will not work if they have to wear a mask. They will not work if they have to get a vaccine to do it. Just out of spite. Not out of any actual argument, right? They will just do that out of spite entirely because they look at the opposing side and they said, listen, you guys have been lying to us this whole time. You guys have been wrong. This whole time we went along with your little charade for as long as we could, but then we're just done. We want to go back to our life and you know what? Screw you. I'm not going to work at the hospital now. You know, you want to fire me? All right, fine. I'll go collect my $16 an hour check. And that's what I'm going to do because I don't care. You and your stupid butt can go ahead and work and I'll take all of your money through unemployment, right? Like these are this is what people are thinking because they're just done. They don't trust anyone in the government. They don't trust anyone on social media. 
they just don't they have zero trust in the establishment anymore and they say well you know up yours and we're gonna we're gonna see this movement grow and grow and grow as more and more people realize that this is just a load of bs that they're pushing on us and that's what we're seeing james why is it that we have more open jobs than we have unemployed people but the unemployment numbers are still rising mean going down or going down rather so that would be because people are so the unemployment numbers are only those people out of work who are actively working looking for work and are included in the job uh the job force which is ages 16 to sometime in your 60s i believe um so if you're outside of that demographic you're not included in unemployment which is why we've seen unemployment decrease very very slowly um and we for the first time um i not ever but in a very long time i don't know exactly how long we officially have more job openings than there are people looking for jobs yeah that's something that you should see after a massive and i and i mean historic expansion of the economy and instead it's limping along we have supply shortages everywhere fuel shortages um we have massive unemployment it is this should not be happening but the the issue is there's too many different incentives there's um positive incentives from the government to not work negative incentives from companies who are you know mandate you know, pushing uh mask and vaccine mandates on their employees um and then whether or not they're allowed to do that it can be an entirely different story i think we might disagree on that one i'm not sure what your stance is but either way and on what exactly whether or not companies can mandate their employees wear uh, masks and, or well, masks obviously is okay, but vaccines get vaccines. I, I don't think that they should be able to mandate vaccines simply because I think that that violates HIPAA. That violates the human human dignity and and I think moral ethics. I don't think that necessarily violates any legal prescription that we have. It should be taken to court and we should adjudicate it there. But I think that it's it's a huge moral issue to say, hey, if you want to work for my company, you need to take this experimental drug. It's like okay, well, no. Whereas yeah. I'm I'm no. I'm more I'm more okay with it simply because you know the idea of capitalism is that you and I enter into a free exchange based on based on terms that we agree to. And if I if I go into a job and I say I want one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year to make tacos at Taco Bell, and they go no, screw you. Well, I don't have any right to be mad at them for yeah, saying but no. Yeah, but you're not asking for a salary. You're saying, hey, listen, I'll do everything of the job. I'm just not going to inject myself with some experimental drug. I don't care about the salary. I don't care about the benefits. I'm just telling you, hey, listen, I'm not sticking that needle in me. Like, no, no. I, you know, but, and that's the thing. And I think I think they're not. I think that your example is not necessarily an example in kind with the actual vaccine because that's demanding something of the company. I'm not demanding anything of the company. Well, and I was, company, I was going not to demand that. something of me. I was going to flip it and say that, you know, if a company demands that you get the vaccine in order to work there, you you can say no and you can go work somewhere else. The issue that you could potentially run into is with some of the largest employers in the country, Amazon, um, Walmart, requiring this and therefore shrinking the job pool. Then you then you could maybe enter into an argument that, you know, uh, monopsonistic practices are causing you to not be able to find a job um but and, and until I, I, that I get happens what you're saying there in the sense that you can just you know go build your own twitter right a fact that's like a different argument of that right 
it, it, because no, you're no, saying, no. hey, hey, if you don't want to work for me, go make your own business. If you don't want to work here at this restaurant, go start your own one, right? Right? Like that's no, effectively... no. There are other places that you that, yeah, but that you can work. Every place, every place mandates the vaccine. So your only other option is to go build your own restaurant. Like and because that, they're headed. That's at that point, that's when you would need to take it to the courts and you would need the to court say, find the a courts, solution. The courts say, well, you don't have a legal right to require the business to hire you. Right. And, and, and here's here's my point. My point is that there is a difference between violating like human decency in a contract. Like you can't make me cut off my arm to work for you. Like that's that that is extreme in a contract. Like you, if I come to you saying, James, like, hey, I want to be your uh, editor at Nine Mile Media. And you say, OK, well, we only hire one armed people. So you have to cut off your arm. I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. You need to change your terms of service, right? But there might be people who say, well, that's worth it to me. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I think that that's a violation of human dignity to, you know, hurt your body in that way. And to some people, you can look at the vaccines as hurting your body. They're injecting a foreign substance in there that you don't consent to. I mean, personally, you know, from moral, from a moral and ethical standpoint, I agree, but from a free market standpoint. Yeah, I'm arguing from a moral and ethical standpoint because yeah. capitalism should be a system based on values and morals. And I agree. But do you, so your, your scenario in which, okay, every single company in the United States requires that you have, that you have this vaccine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or that, I, I mean, it could even just be one, but you really want to work for it. Like it doesn't, well, I mean, like, I'm okay with, you can argue at that point. You're SOL. At, uh, at that point, I think it's still a violation of human dignity. Jess, what do you think? Well, I guess <laughs> I I agree that. Oh, Reggie, boy, you can't do that. From a moral standpoint, you violate it, my human dignity. It's uh, it just it doesn't doesn't make sense. And if we keep stacking up all these stipulations against people that in order to get to a job, like before you know it, you know, in order to have a job, you're going to have to, you know, be able to sprint like an olympic runner or something or, or you could think and, about it like in order to have this job we do not hire people who have a chance to have sickle cell anemia which is only prevalent among people of african descent yeah well it just gets into a lot of murky territory because it just gets into all that like you know discriminatory factors that normally you can't use when hiring someone you know you can't discriminate against age or gender or race or something I mean, except when it comes to being able to fulfill the requirements of the job. Yeah, and I think you can fulfill the requirements yeah. of the job and not take the vaccine. I don't think that that has any bearing. And, no, I, 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 agree, I agree with like, that. Depending on the job, obviously, like you could but, say, well, a nurse should be should take the vaccine. I'm like, absolutely. But like a fast food worker, I don't care. Like it doesn't because if you're vaccinated and a fast food worker who's not vaccinated coughs on your sandwich and you know you get you get it you're vaccinated. You have a line of defense. You're not going to, statistically, you're not going to get that sick. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, what, what, like you can have the final say before I move on to the next topic. No, and I was going to say, I agree. And I think that you have to use some logic when it comes to, if you're, if I'm a business owner, um, you have to use logic when it comes to mandating certain things for your, for your employees, because you have the ability to do so, but it's a very fine line that you have to walk. Um, you can man, you can say, okay, I own a moving company. I need you to be able to lift, you know, I need you to be able to deadlift 300 pounds. 
Yeah. And I need you to be physically fit enough to work eight hour days where you're on your feet, moving up, up and down stairs, carrying heavy stuff. And if that means that you don't meet that requirement, that is, that kind that is discrimination, but that is discrimination that is allowed. Um, if you're, if we had to, you know, tuberculosis, a massive tuberculosis outbreak in the United mm -hmm. States. And, you know, we've got a vaccine against that. You got in, you say, okay, you have to get the tuberculosis vaccine to work at my company because if one person gets it, you can wipe out half the workforce. That tuberculosis has over a 50, has either, it's right around 50% mortality rate. Sure. It, that's, that's serious. Absolutely. Well, I, I, now, I, think that, I think that that's a sensible way of going about it. If COVID had a 50% mortality rate, I'd be in agreement with you. And I agree. I'm talking in general, are, should companies be allowed to do it? I say yes. Now, they need to use their brain and actually some critical thinking skills when it comes to, do I need to mandate this for COVID? Personally, I do not think so for the reasons that we've been talking about. But do they have the right to do so? I think the answer is yes. And when you talked about earlier, okay, every single if every single company in the United States is doing this, you're coming to the, to the same conclusion. So I, we talked about this before on earlier episodes that any system taken to the extreme leads to tyranny. Yeah, absolutely. So like socialism, for example, is more prone to tyranny than capitalism because it concentrates power in the hands of a it's, few it's people. It's more extreme on the spectrum than capitalism is. Yeah. Whereas capitalism, if you want to take that to the extreme, you get some you get a corporatocracy like Cyberpunk 2077 is yeah. you know, probably a great example of how the corporations, you know, uh, collaborate in order to maintain their power and exercise it. Um, that's what a, like a, a future that you're talking about, which probably, you know, obviously is far less likely, you know, I, don't, I actually think that I think a corporatocracy is more likely than a communist takeover. I have to say, uh, I think fascism is a more common outcome of a system that is sick than communism is. But anyway, that's not anyway, what I'm talking right, about. I just, but what I, I, I mean, I think, I think that like what you just described there, I could definitely see happening in this country fairly easily. I actually could see it happening easier than communism. Well, and to point out the bigger picture, if the last 20 minutes this discussion has shown anything, is that the biggest thing about, I mean, one of the biggest things about these vaccine passports and requiring the vaccines and everything is that it's just creating more segregation in America. It's just separating people. It's giving people another reason to argue, another reason to say, you know what? I don't like you. You know what? I think you're stupid. It's just giving people another reason to not trust anyone, to not even want to listen to anyone, to form these strong opinions based on their limited knowledge, because I guarantee a lot of people with strong opinions are not do not have the facts or the research behind all of that. And it's and the more we incorporate these passports into society, the more we're incorporating this tension and this disagreement and and it's it's just scary at this point because there's so much already that we're using to separate ourselves from other humans. And the whole point of society is to be social and to interact with each other and bounce each other. The whole point of democracy is to bounce ideas off each other. And we're not going to get that if we're constantly disagreeing and we're going to constantly put up these barriers of, oh, you're not vaccinated, so don't talk to me. And that's what scares me about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think you're absolutely right, which is why I'm comfortable with an argument like what me and James are having. Because it's more along the lines of, this is my philosophy, let's argue philosophies here. And we're both understanding that, hey, we're arguing philosophies. Like, I don't, I obviously don't hate James. He's my business partner, my <laughs> friend. Like, just because we have a disagreement on whether or not this is a violation of human dignity or this is the right of the company. That's how more arguments yeah. can be had. And, and James isn't saying, well, since you don't have the studies, 
you know, you, you can't argue against me. And I'm not saying the same thing either, because I think that's BS. I think if you say, oh, well, you need to have a study to back up your philosophical claim. It's like, that's not what philosophy is about. Can you reasonably and, um, and accurately articulate an idea that is beyond the scientific method at, at the point that we're at? I think. Mm -hmm. And so I want to touch on two other things about vaccine passports we talked about. So why do you think we don't need them? And also what some of the uh, societal implications of creating, essentially creating a caste system could, uh, could be. But also, you know, a couple of the logical arguments against it, you know, from the more liberty-minded folks is it's just one more step towards, um, it, it's just get, giving more power to the to the government and that's something that people are especially in this country rightfully uh concerned about because this country was founded on taking as much power away from the government as possible while still allowing the government to function um you know something that i always like to uh throw back to is a century well a little over a century ago now we didn't have like we didn't have social security cards we didn't have social security numbers because you know obviously social security didn't exist but we didn't have national ids yeah, and I have my social own opinions about social security. I think it's trash, but anyway. Well, yeah, <laughs> social, so, I agree. Social security was created, and these numbers were meant just to be able to track so that uh, track people, so that, and then we could pay it out. But then it was uh, co-opted by other other branch, other uh, divisions within the government, namely the IRS, and it turned into a pseudo national ID, um, so that other every single. Every, every single, uh, and not branch, I keep wanting to say branch, division within the government can identify you. And that's something that we'd fought against in this country for decades prior to that. And then, boom, it happened. And now we all, you know, we all memorize the social security number. It's just part of daily life. And this is, you know, some now that we, that has been abused, but not to the extent that it could be, thank God, because we have a constitution. Um, but even though that seems to be ignored more and more on every day, well, that's just the thing. The constitution is a piece yeah. of paper and the second people stop believing in it, that's when it stops existing. Um, or at least when it stops having an effect. And so if you concentrate as much power into the government as some people want to, um, because it's easier for them because it makes them feel safer then the second you get enough people in the government who just decide not to follow the constitution, they that the apparatus is already in place for them to abuse it the second thing that i want to bring up and this is an argument that uh that i'm very uh very invested in is taking the excelsior pass for example the excelsior pass said gives ha, uh, in new york has your vaccination status but you need to also show your id in order to prove that it's your vaccination information so while it's racist to require an ID to vote in our country, it is not racist to require an ID to go to the grocery store. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Um, and, but I think that that's the point. It's not supposed to make sense, James. But the argument, uh, every argument, is, every single argument is falling apart, just like you brought up earlier, the my body, my choice thing. That argument fell apart the second that that narrative did not fit within... Um, within their within their argument and it it's so infuriating to see that hypocrisy just uh i, I cannot stand hypocrites and it is it is rampant yeah i am uh, going to leave it at that. Uh, you know I, I really do want to get to hypocrites but i think that this is incredibly important 
let's move to the spectrum of allies. And now if anyone is left that like anyone is left, haha, funny, that is part of the left, you're going to absolutely clench your butthole to find out that someone like me has found this. I've known about this for years. Side note, I, I'm, I'm going to let you lead this. I'll be right back. I, what? I'm going to let you lead this. I will be right back. Okay, sounds good. I have implemented this tactic He's going myself. to clench his butthole. Yeah, he's going to go clench it. He's going to clench <laughs> someone else's butthole for me. Um, but yeah, okay. So what we have here is essentially a wheel. And now on this website, they specifically are talking about abolishing the police, which I think is stupid. But I think my my point in abolishing the police is I think it's stupid in my community. If you want to abolish police in your community, go ahead and do that. Go for it. I'm totally fine by me. I trust the police in my community. I like the police in my community. And I think there's a variety of reasons why you should abolish the police in your community is they're enforcing unconstitutional edicts, such as mask mandates or lockdowns. Totally fine with that. Or if you're just a stupid person and you want to get rid of the police, all about it. Go vote on it and uh, let me know how that works. Uh, it's not going to work out very well for you. But anyway, on this spectrum, and I've talked to my wife about this pre uh, previously, there are five wedges. There's active support, which is the activist position. Passive support, uh, which is, uh, I'm going to take this in the form of Black Lives Matter. Okay, Active support is someone that goes and marches in the BLM riots and throws Molotovs. Or, or is just part of the, the riot itself. Uh, just a, an active body that is there to protect the rioters um, as a protester, let's say. Passive support is someone that goes on Instagram and posts the black square. Maybe they have the Black Lives Matter um, card thing in their bio. Maybe they occasionally will post about it, but they're not really physically doing anything. They're just going out there. They're just voicing an opinion, and then that's kind of what they're doing. The neutral are the people that are in the middle, let's say, I'm uncertain, I don't know enough, or I'm too scared to take in a, a position because I don't know which one's the dominant position I want to be on the winning team. So they're not going to go along with that, generally speaking. Um, the passive opposition are the people that are like, hey, I like what you're saying, but I, I'm too afraid to, to say anything. It's the people that'll tell you, hey, don't say this because you know, you're going to get fired or you're going to get in trouble with such and such person. But I agree with what you're saying. Okay. Those are the passive opposition people or the squishes as some people will call them. And then you have the active opposition. Those are the people that are me in this situation and will actively go out there and argue against position and will, you know, provide an opposite viewpoint and opposite vision for whatever the argument is. And the goal of the activist is to move people from the right side to the left side, one wedge at a time. They are not, nobody is trying to come to me and say, hey, listen, you should be on my team, like at all. Like that would be taking someone from active opposition to active support. What they want to do is they want to shut someone like me down. They want to take me off of the internet. They want to silence me. They want to move me to passive opposition. They want me to be complete, you know, just so disheartened by whatever's going on by cancel culture that I don't say anything. That is the goal of, of them when it comes to active opposition. When it comes to passive opposition, they want to sow doubt. They want to make you think that you could be wrong, which you should think that you could be wrong, but they want to make you uncertain in your beliefs. They want to remove any structure that you have created, any anything like that. They are going to just sow division as best that they can um, in order to move you to the neutral side. When it comes to the neutral side, this is where the real work is because these people are the most diverse group that you can find on the spectrum because they could be neutral for a variety of reasons when it comes to, for example, Black Lives Matter. They could say, listen, I understand that there's a history of systemic oppression in this country. I don't see it going right now. And also the rights make me uncomfortable. But so I just don't want to take a stance on this, right? That's a fairly neutral position. So what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to argue 
uh, not necessarily against their beliefs, but they're going to double down on what they say. They're going to double down on systemic oppression. They're going to bring up a study of, for example, how pregnant black ladies have a higher mortality rate than pregnant white women. By the way, it's like two more people, um, which can be attributed to a variety of factors. Again, I, I've read that study in particular, uh, and I've had it sent to me before, and it's really fun to take it apart because that's exactly what we do in political science. Um, so they're going to try to move you there by doubling down their position into passive support. They're going to say, hey, listen, you don't have to march with me. I totally understand that. I don't want anyone to be feel forced to march with me. Just post this black square so we can continue being friends. Right. Just It's like it's nothing. It's just a black square on Instagram. It's not that big of a deal. And they'll slowly move you into passive support by doing that. Because then as you do these little things, you're going to feel like, oh, well, I can put Black Lives Matter in my bio because I posted the black square. Like it's not that much of a bigger deal than posting the black square. And then that's how they get the ball rolling. And that's how they move you from passive support. They say, hey, listen, I saw you post the black square and I saw you put Black Lives Matter in your bio. Why don't you come to the march with me? You can see exactly what we're all about. And you can see how this kind of rolls over the course of several months, over the course of several incidents um, where someone really tries to work with you. And I've had a lot of leftists try to do that with me, but I'm very well aware of their tactics here. So I can look at this and say, no, I disagree. And I disagree for X, Y, and Z reason. And then I've identified myself as active opposition. They go, oh, okay. So then they'll, they'll try to debate me up until the point that I've identified exactly what their argument is. And then they just silence. They'd never want to talk to me about any of these topics. They don't want me to talk about them in a group chat with any other people because then they know that, hey, I'm trying to be active support here. And if with an active opposition is here, it's going to keep people in their, their wedges. Nobody's going to move if they're constantly being pulled by equal, equal forces to each side. But the more that someone spends around the time of an, or around an activist, the more they're going to be pulled towards that side. What do you guys think? And have you seen this in your own personal lives? You want to take that Jess first? <laughs> yeah um and just you can out I, me as a as an active support person that has uh, slowly moved you along the spectrum and to the right of genghis khan if you want to um <laughs> yeah so obviously this seems pretty accurate i mean i took a whole class on social <laughs> movements and everything <laughs> oh my gosh I need to figure out where he is. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know. Yeah, it, it makes so much sense. And I think this is one of the, the biggest things people need to learn and people need to realize. Because if you don't know this kind of wheel or this kind of tactic is even a thing, then it's going to make it so much easier for you to be pushed from active opposition to active support. And I think that's what's going on right now with our media, especially is yeah, they just slowly throw in these words in their articles that, you know, have a more positive connotation towards something, even though they're supposed to be neutral and you start, you're, you, you know, you get hooked on CNN, you just keep reading their stuff. And, you know, before you were like, Oh yeah, you know, these vaccines, they're, I don't, I don't agree with them. They still need to go through a lot of trials, that kind of thing. But then the media is like, yeah, these, these vaccines are, yeah, they're still in trial runs, but, 
but there's great hope that they will do do great things and then you're like oh that's not so bad i guess there's hope and you know and it's just this these tiny little words that slowly push you towards something and if you're not thinking you'll be somewhere completely different you'll be a completely different person before you even know it and that's just a scary thought and so it's important to think about this stuff and it's important to think about Who's talking to you? What are they talking to you about? And what words are they using? One thing that Patrick has used quite often um, when debating with me or when educating me is... I would say debating. I don't educate you. You educate yourself. Well, whenever, you know, we're having deep discussions about topics I'm not very informed about or whatever is... um, and then, like, he'll he'll say something, and then I'll respond and be like, oh, okay, but this is kind of what I thought. And he's always getting on me about, oh, well, don't use that word, because, you know, if we're getting into specifics, that word means this, and this other word means this. And so that's why when I'm talking to people, I want to make sure that I'm using this word. It's like even when I'm debating, I used to say, I think a lot. I think. No, um, I feel. You say or, I feel. Yeah, I, I said, yeah, I feel a lot. I like, I feel like this isn't a great thing. And you're like, no, no you think, or you know, because you do. It's not yeah. an emotion, it's and, a yeah. thought. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, these, yeah. It's, it's little, a, little things like that. That's what you want to It's the little on. kind of wording, um, and that's one thing that Patrick has taught me a lot, is just focusing on how I'm saying things. And Linguistics is very important. <laughs> that's not only important for expressing yourself, but it's important for when you're taking information in, is thinking about how are they telling me this information? Is this truly non-bias or is it bias and is it pushing me in a certain direction and i mean especially as a journalist it's like that's all we were learning about in our media classes is you know rereading your articles having other people read your articles and learning what kind of emotions are you getting from this what you know are these what are the words that are um neutral and what are the words that are biased and that kind of thing and yeah it's just it's just scary how much those little tiny things can influence you over time. Exactly. And, and this comes down to, we were reading a news article about uh, uh, right to life and things of that nature, where I was pointing out, she was saying that this, uh, this article is entirely objective. Like I, I'm having difficulty finding the bias here. And I was saying, no, listen, look at this word choice here. This word choice has this connotation. I can replace it with such and such word. And that is still hundred percent accurate and truthful, but it changes the connotation. So for example, if I can say, if the article says a woman's right to choose, okay, I can change that to right, uh, a woman's right to kill their baby. Okay, like it's still the exact same thing. I'm making it more aggressive in the word choice to kind of shock people to say, oh, well, I, I don't agree with that, right? But if you say, oh, it's a woman's right to choose, it's called a euphemism. Uh, oh, it's just, it's, it's a termination of pregnancy. No, you're killing a baby. Right. And that's kind of, those are the tactics you have to uh, um, recognize that they will downplay the brutality of an abortion, for example, where we will upplay the brutality of abortion to play on emotions. And because a lot of people are moved more by emotions and logic, just as a fact. So when you're having this kind of debate publicly, but where you're talking to someone personally, you might bring up like, hey, at 22 weeks, uh, a baby is such and such developed. Uh, at 22 weeks, a baby can be born and be viable. Okay, so you can say, hey, are you comfortable with that statistic? And then you can kind of work and try to figure out exactly where the logical argument is. 
Whereas in different cases, you'll have different arguments. But anyway. So. Yeah. Well, and I also want to point out that this, it's not only, I mean, it's obviously there's lots of different tactics and strategies strategies you can use but one of the big ones that they use is omission of information Absolutely. this is why it's important for you to do your own research especially when it comes to something like i think i might strongly support this okay that's great but do your research look at both sides of the of the argument because what's going to happen is activists even if they're not trying to even if they are the most pure human being ever they're going to have bias and they're going to tell you all the great things about why you should support our movement. And they're probably not going to mention the reasons why you should support it or, you know, what are our, um, what are our, what are our biggest oppositions saying? Yeah, what, what's the other side's argument? Exactly. Yeah. And so again, it's just, this is why it's so important to think, do your own research. Um, and that's, and that's exactly what we need to do with all of this vaccine stuff as well. Um, and just realize that too, because this is why there's so much mix up of definitions and why there's so much tension between people is because we're talking about the same thing, but we're using different wording. And so therefore it seems like we're on different sides when we're not. Um, yeah. so James, what do you think? Have you seen this in your life? Um, not really, because I have always taken the stance that I try to be kind of a lightning rod. Um, and attract as much controversy as possible. Um, so you're in the active opposition. I uh, no wonder you no. attracted Patrick. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, dude, no I'm a walking controversial <laughs> figure. People I, either really like me or people really don't like me. Well, so a good good example is um, I have a I have a Gatson flag on the back of my on the back of my Hummer, and um, someone I've who I'm friends with, I'm not going to tell, say who, um, all has the same political leanings that I do. And he said, he, you know, he complimented me on it and he said, I would, you know, I would never put that on mine. And I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, number one, you know, it tells people you might have guns in your car and then they're going to break into your car. Yeah. Um, depending on your neighborhood. Number two was that, um, it, it just invites people to, to try to argue with you or to think like immediately form an opinion of you. And I told him I'm fine with that. That's actually why I have that on there because I want, you know, you know, it's it's signaling to people this is this is my belief. I'm I am proud of it, and I'm intelligent enough to defend it. Therefore, I'm inviting you to challenge me, so that we can then broach that conversation. So I don't have people coming to me trying to slowly push me in in one direction or another simply because they know that I'm already in that active opposition or, you know, depending on where you're coming from active support category. Yeah. Um, I always just say active opposition cause it's a little bit more uh, yeah. aggressive. Uh, I do want to say though, and this, this applies of course to myself and I've noticed this with some other conservatives as well, not so much with the, with the newer uh, populist generation, but especially with some of the older ones, conservatives tend to try to move people from active opposition to active support in one go. And yeah, and we, you know, we tend to ostracize people by doing that. And um, it's only been in the last two years, maybe, that I've seen, you know, the populist right taking up these tactics that the left has employed for the last 40 years, as opposed to just going in for an all or nothing and, you know, failing miserably. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, I've, I've implemented these tactics. Like, again, like I said, I've been educated on these tactics for several years now at this point. I've implemented these tactics before. Usually what I do is I just try to point out 
the hypocrisy on the other side and say, listen, these guys don't even adhere to their own thing to try to pull them from the other side, not necessarily into the neutral or anything like that, but dissuade them from whatever the other active support or active opposition is. Uh, and I found that to be fairly successful to also just to try to define things for them and say, hey, listen, so this is what a such and such believes. This is what a libertarian believes. This is what a progressive believes. And a lot of the time they go, oh, I don't I don't agree with that. I'm like, well, neither do I. But, you know, well, and, anyway, and, I'm not trying to say you don't, you never attack their position. You always no. attack positions around them. And you say, oh, well, my position believes this, which, you know, they might agree with. And then you say, well, their position agree, uh, believes this, which, you know, they disagree with. And that naturally moves them a little bit close to your side, a little bit farther away from them. Yeah. Well, Last I, comment, think Jess, on this I, I think it's also important to point out that it's okay to be in any one of these wedges. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah, depending absolutely. on the topic, you're going to be in a different wedge on each topic just based on your opinion. Um, and so I, I don't think this is necessarily saying you always have to actively support something or whatever. Um, but it's good to again, just know which wedge you're in, know where you're at, and know why you're there. I love it when I'm in the neutral wedge. So, for example, when I'm in uh, when it comes to the death penalty, I'm very much in the neutral wedge. I don't necessarily oppose it. I don't necessarily support it. And I just, I, I'm such an argument, or arguer when it comes to, like, these kind of things. If I have the opportunity, of course, that it's just so much fun for me to be neutral because they'll, someone will make a really good argument and I say, you know, I hear that and the other side makes a really good argument as well. And I just can't decide which one I like more. <laughs> and it's just like, and it just, their heads That's because you like to provoke people. What? That's because you like to provoke no, people. No, it's just, I mean, I also just feel yeah. that way. Like, when it comes to the death penalty, I definitely feel that way. I'm um, your wife. I know you like to provoke people. I also do like to provoke people. But <laughs> it's just so much fun because you're not only you're saying, I agree with you, but I also agree with the people you hate. <laughs> it's like there's that's just uh, I can't realize that, power. You know? but uh let's let's blitz through these topics i think they are like i don't know if we have necessarily enough time to spend on each one but yeah, um, we, we hit an hour so we're gonna try to wrap this up in the next 15 yeah, minutes. yeah absolutely i just wanted to point out just to wrap this all the way back around to the to the mask mandates and vaccine passports sorry i have to keep an eye on my cat um so we have the uh selective policing is the first one so, and this is where, like, I'm not necessarily a huge back the blue person simply because of this, where the police say, oh, well, I'm only going to enforce the squeaky, squeaky wheel and, you know, you're on your own for everything else, right? And and that, I think, is a huge problem with this Antifa event where they attacked a lot of Christian people, stole their food, and taunted them effectively. And, and this, I mean, this is what we see from these, these godless devil-worshipping freaks uh, known as Antifa. So, like, that's not necessarily that weird, but it, it is... Selective enforcement here is a huge issue. And I really like this is one of the, the honestly, people who say, you know, who are like abolish the police, you know, those kind of people are never going to convince me to abolish the police. The police are going to convince me to abolish the police. Okay. That's the only group of people that will be able to do that because they keep pulling this garbage. They enforce COVID restrictions that are unconstitutional, unconstitutional and unethical for that matter. And then they don't enforce the actual rule of law, what they're supposed to be doing here. And that is so frustrating to me. So I don't know if you guys have any comments about that specifically. No, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a huge black back to blue kind of kind of guy. Yeah, because, absolutely. I mean, <sighs> I have family members that are in it. It's like, yeah. but the thing is, it's just, and I know she's not the problem. It's these people, particularly in blue cities, those cops, because all the good cops either quit or moved. Like, that's the thing. At I was going to say, I, yeah, it's important to point out that in a way the police are being forced to do this, whether it's 
because of the there's just so much social pressure on police right now that I just can't help but like feel bad for them because every little thing they do is going to be torn apart. It's going to be analyzed. They're going to try to find the worst in it. And so it's just so hard to know what to do. I mean, obviously instances like this, it should be the most obvious thing ever, but yet, even if, you know, someone did try to take down one of these Antifa people, you know, there would be that other side that'd be like, Oh, well that Antifa person was black or, Oh, but that Antifa person was, you know, expressing their beliefs or something. And so I, I mean, it's hard to know that there are so many, like that there are corrupt policemen and that there are these things going on. I don't think they're necessarily corrupt. I, I think what you're describing here is just they're cowardly. Like, and I don't want a coward to defend me. That's the thing. Cause I know they're not going to. Yeah. Like if well, they can't defend if they can't defend these people or they're being attacked, like that dude's got a machete. If they can't defend against that guy in broad daylight where it's clear that they are in like Antifa's in the wrong. I mean Antifa's always in the wrong, but where it's clear that they're in the wrong, you know. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, I'm talking, and for those people who are gonna like call me out and whatever, I'm not talking about the Antifa that were there for the battle in Seattle. I'm talking for the Antifa that have been here since BLM really hit the scene. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about specifically. Well, yeah. I would be on Antifa's side in the battle in Seattle. There, there yeah. is a bit of, I mean, there is cowardice and there is like the whole thing of reputation and there is the the fear of doing what's right just because you don't want to face the bad consequences or you don't yeah. want the bad rap for it or that kind of thing. But I will say that there is also a lot of pressure on them just because it's not just them being threatened. It's their families. Yeah, like, so it's not just like being cowardly because... You know, they just don't have the balls to do what needs to be done. Like, they also have so much to think about of, okay, if I if I do this, are they then going to go after my family and that kind of thing? And so it's, I don't know, it's just so hard to even talk about this because I don't, there's just so much complexity and fear that must be going through the brains of policemen right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, that's... But you have to draw the line somewhere between pragmatism and cowardice. You well, know. and I, I also want to posit something here because the an, argu- an argument that I hear all the time is, you know, in in the beginning of the summer of hate, the uh, the police in a lot of areas actually did attempt to arrest the rioters, and the issue was that they, it was the DAs not prosecuting them or someone higher up, uh, you know, bailing them out, you know, like our vice president. <laughs> yeah, which, um, which demoralizes the police, and then all the good ones quit. Yes, yeah. so like, they say. So the argument is, why would they? You know, why are they going to try to enforce these laws if it's just a waste of their time? Um, they're going to yeah. put themselves in danger. They're going to put their families in danger because these people are known for, you know, threatening families and going to going into neighborhoods and trying to, you know, attack people in their homes. Um, why would they go? They, why would they do that if the DA is just going to turn around, let them out or yeah. the, or the, yeah, they have no other support? Yeah. But here's here's my here's my response to that. I understand that. I, yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. Don't re- then don't turn around and enforce those same laws on the opposite political spectrum. Exactly. exactly. Because you know that you that, that, that it's at, they're actually going to get tried. You know, it's the uh, it's, when, not the, uh, it's not the refusal to enforce, or it's it's not the refusal to act necessarily. It's the selective in police, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. That's the problem. It's exactly. the narco terrorism or tyranny that is the problem. Yes. Yeah. We can we can move on because this next these next two really are effectively the same thing in my opinion. So we've got um, no go to the next one the private jets. 
Okay, so this one is basically all you need to know is, and you guys can go read it. Barack Obama had a huge freaking party. Nobody wore masks. And then he got really pissed when people posted pictures of nobody wearing masks. Okay, <laughs> all indoors, 700 people. And the response was, these people are sophisticated. These people are vaccinated. They don't have to wear masks. Okay, they're okay, too well. high class to get yeah, COVID. Yeah, they're too high class to get COVID, apparently. And they don't need to wear masks. They don't we need to breathe pure Athena yeah. era. <laughs> but, and then the next one, the next one, James, you can go to the tweet. Um, the next one was all the Democrats from Texas on the plane with no mask. You are legally required to wear a mask on planes per federal regulations. Okay. Okay. This is I, ridiculous. Yes. So I'm going to say, I, no, no, yeah. no, I'm going to cut you off here because this is this is a sore topic for me. I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, this is a private plane, so different rules. So I'm not going to yeah. rag on them necessarily for that. Still, but the, I am going to rag. I am going to rag. Apply. Listen, these are members of the um, of the House and Senate in Texas avoiding their job to take a private plane to D.C. to camp out in D.C. Not only are they spreading COVID, by the way, because mul <laughs> because multiple of these people had COVID at the time, yeah, yeah. despite being vaccinated, and they spread it to people in the Capitol, including members of Kamala Harris's staff. But also, they're sitting there. Are, who, are, are they the real heroes here, James? No. They're sitting here <laughs> begging people for care packages, for candy, for soda, for hairspray, while they're sitting there lazily avoiding their job, all because they want to stop a voting rights bill in Texas. And yes, I do say voting rights because we... I wish it was voter restriction. That'd be awesome. No, well, okay. So they, <laughs> they they frame it as voter restriction because it places it more stringent more stringent overview of the elections in Texas. Now, if I'm a citizen and because of COVID loopholes, my vote is somehow not necessarily nullified, but doesn't count the way that it's supposed to because people who are who are not supposed to be voting, who are not citizens, who are voting multiple times, who don't Every even cast vote takes away one legally cast vote. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So that's why it's a voter, a voter rights bill. And these people are instead of doing their job, literally decided to you to take a freaking vacation in DC and spread COVID around because they're the good guys. Apparently, this is a very sore topic for me, and I'm very happy to see that multiple of these people have warrants out for their arrest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean I totally agree with that as well. Um, I, I, and the thing is, it's just the, the point of this. And then the point of the last article, which we don't necessarily need to go into too much, just because I think that the only thing that I really wanted to talk about, um, here was the, the Cory Bush stuff, um, which all you, all you guys need to know about that one as well is basically Cory Bush said, we need to defund the police, but I get to keep my own security. Like that's, yeah, she's and then she, up. She she said, it up, which is just, she's just being a jerk. But, and, and the, the point that I wanted to make by bringing up these three articles, was oh wow that was okay don't do that ever again <laughs> i never want to see my face that big um was that these people will make all the rules in the book for you not for them so if you think that they are going to abide by these vaccine passports now you have enough i will sell you two bridges in brooklyn i will make so much money from you because if you believe that these are going to be reasonably enforced and e equally enforced vaccine passports, you've got another thing coming. You can see all of the kids. You can see um, Malia Obama. She doesn't need to get the vaccine passport because she's going to get whatever she wants because she's Obama's little girl, man. Like that's exactly what's going to be. But you, you're 
poor butt in the middle of Cleveland, Ohio, and you're going to have to abide by everything. But you're going to say, oh, well, you know, I, 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 you know, come on. I went along with this. I went along with the mask mandate. Of course I can go along with the vaccine passport. And that's how the slippery slope works. It, the slippery slope is real. It always happens. Every single argument, they're like, oh, that's a slippery slope. Yes, correct. And that is a proof. That is a logical proof. It always happens. Because what happens is it not, not necessarily – like, for example, gay marriage doesn't necessarily lead to um, Reggie being in my way. It doesn't necessarily lead to little little girls twerking in front of a bunch of grown-ass men in the middle of New York City for money. Uh, but what it does is it shifts people's perceptions and it shifts, shifts people's ethics and morals slightly to that one side. Okay, it shifts. It's like, oh, we just want to have civil unions. Okay, well, we want to be called married at least. Oh, well, you know... It, Gender is just a construct because if two men can get married and they're effectively the same as a man and a woman, then it doesn't really matter. Oh, well, then that means that people can get this thing and they need to have this on the birth certificate. And if they're going to have this on this birth certificate, then these kids need to be able to do it when they're five years old or whatever. And since that's a, since gender is a social construct, age must be a social construct too, right? It's just a number, right? And you can see that that's where things are going. The maps, minor attractive persons, have a freaking pride flag. They have a freaking pride flag. Minor attracted persons are pedos. That's it. That end of story. If you're a pedo, there's a lot of things I want to say that are not able to be said on YouTube. If you're a pedo, you're disgusting. And I hope well, you turn this it, broadcast off right now. I do just, not want to see you on my broadcast. You're banned from the show. It's pedo. just <laughs> proof. This is just another another um so, show of proof that these people know that things like the vaccine passports, the vax, the max mask mandates, um, basically everything to do with COVID that they've ever done, they know that that is just giving them power, and it's proof because they can exploit that power by not wearing masks themselves and um, by not following the rules because they know they're ridiculous. They know these rules are dumb and that they're not working clearly because. Oh, James, I just saw what. <laughs> You're putting on the bottom. It's if they, if they, uh, <laughs> if they really thought that masks were gonna make all the difference and stuff, they would be wearing them. But they don't. They don't think they work. They know they don't work. So it's just a power grab, and this is just clear proof that they know that that they're just using it so that way they can keep keep the power and keep pushing it on people. <laughs> Thanks for running me in, Jess. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, is, I, I believe yeah. I believe the chat is saying hashtag better half. So there's that. <laughs> this is this is true. I've seen that quite a bit. Um, no, this is. I mean, it's a good topic. Good good conversation. Um, yeah. no, I, thought, and, I apologize to everyone for getting so heated. I do care a lot about these topics. I think, and I've been out of the conversation for two weeks now at this point. And uh, he's been um, home alone a lot, so he needs yeah, to I've been home alone a lot with all the cats to talk to. But no, I mean, it's, I think everything here is important. I think that we need, I think we need to have these conversations. I think we need to elucidate exactly what's going on to the people, to the folks out there. So you, you gotta, you gotta be paying attention. You gotta pay attention to what's going on because before you know it, you're gonna have ten year olds uh, twerking in the middle of New York City for money. Well, and that's the, I, I, I stress this as much as we can every time we have a podcast, and that is. You got to be informed. You do your own research. You know, it's it's so much easier and so much less depressing to just live your life. Yeah. You know, I I can't tell you how I I engross myself in in news and research all day every day. Um, and sometimes it's it, it's it is depressing, but at the end of the day, if you don't know what's going on, 
around you, then you're a non-factor. People yeah. can and do what they want. it's going to be more depressing when, you know, you're 50 years old and the country has become overrun by pedos that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're and you're going to say, well, how did this happen? And I'm going to be like in jail or dead. Uh, but you'll find my memoirs and I'll explain to you exactly what happened. You're going to feel real bad about it. And, and <laughs> if you disagree with anything that I've said today, and I know I've been getting real heated or anything James has said or anything Jess said, you are more than welcome to shoot us an email uh, or, or contact us. Most people know exactly how to contact us. We will get you in here. We or will comment. have you on. You can say whatever you want to say, and uh, we will have a nice civil discussion with you about whatever it was. Like you are more than anyone that disagrees, you are more than welcome to come on at any point. We would love to hear your perspective. If I misrepresented anything that you might have said, please, please come on. You're more than welcome to. You're more than welcome. We would actually encourage you to reach out to us to come on the show. Fun fact, that is an advantage of being a very small podcast. Um, yeah. If you are a viewer who really, really hates our guts and wants to argue with us, you can come yeah, on. You and come on here and call me the real pedo or whatever. But And I will be the neutral person that keeps everyone calm at the end of the day. Yes. So. Yes. The neutral person married to the person who's getting yelled at. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's pretty common. That's what makes me the most <laughs> neutral because I already know what he thinks. Yeah, Jess, wow. Jess knows, she knows when I'm about to say something that I might regret. <laughs> well... This is a very fun conversation on yet another very, uh, in, very heavy topic. So thank you guys for watching. Um, we will be back tomorrow night on Twitch exclusively for the Pokemon progression series. Uh, we will be doing jungle tomorrow. So uh, make sure to tune in at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Central Time for that. And then after that, we'll be back Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, for another episode of Malcast. So, yeah, and I will say about the next episode of Malcast, we apparently have a guest who's equally as heated as I am to come on and discuss a topic that he is arguably either either as heated about as I am, but he's not more heated about it than Jess is. So I will say that. That's all I'm going to say about the topic. <laughs> so this it's is, this is topic. I will I will tell you guys that I've seen Jess very calm and rational. That's not going to be the Jess on Friday because this is the number one topic for Jess. I don't talking. know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't told Jess yet because we didn't want to throw her off. But that is exactly what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be it's going to be hype. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be elephants. It's, Absolutely, yeah, I wish. In Not the meantime, in the meantime, make sure to check out other shows on YouTube and uh, like, share, subscribe. Especially share this with people. That is a that is huge for us. Um, you know, like we said, we want we want people to be informed. We want to start and. Uh, start these conversations and the only way we can do that is if uh, we get in front of the eyes and ears of people. So absolutely. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good night and I'll see you in the next one.